Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast being recorded in the beautiful Old Edwards Inn and Spa, Highlands, North Carolina. Tonight's topic, this is a repost of episode 27, Summer Road Trips. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And I am finishing up my 28-day, 1,400-mile road trip odyssey that has taken me from Florida to Georgia to North Carolina to Tennessee, back to North Carolina, and possibly one more night in Georgia before being back in my home bed in central Florida. The CEO flew in a week or so ago, and we've spent the last seven days on our spring break 2021 road trip and tour The plan is to unpack that trip with her on an episode in the next few weeks. And before we get to tonight's topic, a quick spin around the interwebs. And according to the website YouGov, the top five hotel chains in America are, just in time for summer travel, number one is Marriott, no surprise, number two, Holiday Inn, and I'm here to tell you that Holiday Inn Express has probably the best cinnamon rolls on the planet Number three, Hilton. Don't disagree with that. And, of course, number four would be Hampton Inn. Coming in at number five, a big surprise is Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. Surprising that it broke into the top five, much less even the top ten. Why? Because Disney's footprint of properties is very small, and a very small percentage considering that of Hampton Inn being number four on the list. Now, there are properties like the Swan and Dolphin in Orlando that are owned by Marriott, and with over 2,200 rooms that generally are full due to the amount of conventions and conferences that are held there, that possibly may have weighed into what put number five at Disney parks and resorts. So, of course, if you have the top five, what are the bottom five? And you need to know where not to stay, almost as important as where to stay. And according to Best Life, the most unpopular hotel chains in America are Number five, Hyatt House. Never heard of it, never even stated one. Number four, Homewood Suites. This surprised me a little bit. I stated a Homewood Suites actually on this road trip. It's like it says, it's a Homewood Suite. Generally has a dishwasher. Some of them will have some sort of an oven or stove. Always has a mid-sized refrigerator, a seating area or a den area, as well as a bed. Number three is La Quinta, and if you've listened to this show any amount of times, you know what La Quinta stands for. In English, it translates to behind at Denny's, because oftentimes La Quinta locations are strategically positioned right behind Denny's. And the winner is the Super 8 with the ACSI, which is the American Consumer Satisfaction Index rating of 68 out of a possible 100 And with a 68, this is your solid D student when it comes to hotel chains. From the what could possibly go wrong department, we have SeaTac, which is Seattle-Tacoma Airport. We have SeaTac Airport now offering a shot-only bar. Yep, travelers can order hard liquor served in mini plastic red solo cups. Thank you, Toby Keith. Consider college party style if you wish. There's tequila, vodka, bourbon, and, of course, fireball. A single goes for 7 bucks. A double is only going to cost you $10. All drinks must be consumed at the counter since the airport still doesn't allow booze to go. 
First, drinking at an airport is never a good idea. It's expensive, and by the time you have your buzz on, you're faced with being strapped into a seat for at least an hour or two, and by that time, you've seen enough of this to know that it just doesn't end well. Listen to any of my monthly Crazy Travel Roundup episodes. And of course, we should all now be familiar with my third bar rule. You don't go to a third bar when you're out for a night of partying. First bar, typically okay. Second bar, things might get a little squirrely, but the third bar is when suddenly shots become a good idea. Nobody starts out the night drinking shots. Well, with SeaTac's aptly named Shot Bar, I might have to revise my rule. On to tonight's episode. This is a repost from April of 2019. It was recorded in the beautiful MGM Grand Las Vegas, Nevada. And I think this was my last trip to Las Vegas. I know it was the last trip to the MGM Grand. The topic was planning for your summer road trip. I'll be updating this episode in the coming weeks, but this will be a good reference point to see how far we've come or regressed in the past 24 months. So on tonight's episode, and thanks for listening. Like I said in the intro, this is being recorded in the MGM Grand Las Vegas, Nevada, so I think it's about 5 o'clock a.m. time out here. So, of course, whenever I travel across time zones, I try to always stay on Eastern time, and so that meant waking up at about 3 o'clock this morning. I also apologize for the background noise, is that the MGM is right in the flight path of the Las Vegas airport as you hear planes going over. So the last few weeks' travel has been pretty much mundane. I had a two-day trip to Sarasota, And this past week, it was back to New Jersey. And if you followed any of my New Jersey adventures, once again, Google Maps took me a completely different route from the Newark airport to my hotel. So thanks to you, Google Maps. The only food stop worth mentioning was Fuzzy's Taco Shop in Sarasota. Look, I'm a sucker for these corn-wrapped goodness, as I call it. And I went with a combo plate of a chicken taco as well as a chicken enchilada with a side of rice and beans all for the glorious price of $8. And then me being a total mallet head, I ordered the Corona Rita Special. And I've talked about the mysterious Corona Ritas before and how I've always considered them a hack drink similar to drinking green beer on St. Patrick's Day. Well, that was until I downed several of these at the Taqueria Mexico in Mobile, Alabama. And I have since done a 180 on my opinion of these. So the Fuzzy Taco Shop's Corona Rita Special was... Special, special spicy. The margarita was infested, and I mean infested with fresh jalapenos, and the glass was rimmed with uh, spicy Bloody Mary mixed salt. Actually pretty good. I did manage to leave with some local beer from Big Top Brewing. It was their Hawaiian Lion Coconut and Coffee Porter. And this is a very heavy beer. It was 7.5 APV, and it was really amazing how you could easily distinguished both the coconut and the coffee taste the brewery brewery is located just off i-75 and fruitville road in sarasota if you ever get by there cool little place nope i've managed to break one of my travel rules twice in the last 30 days and that rule is airline loyalty i found myself on united airlines twice in the last 30 days first it was cheaper and second is that southwest for some reason has canceled their direct route from orlando to newark and I just didn't feel like spending the better part of six hours with connections getting from Orlando to Newark. Now, one bright spot 
is that United flies out of a completely updated terminal at Newark. The Southwest terminal in Newark is dated, minimal seatings, no real places to sit down and, and grab a bite to eat. The United terminal is as modern as it gets. Every table is equipped with a tablet for food ordering, plenty of outlets for charging your laptops or phones. The restaurant choices are really pretty varied, from the punk-themed CBGBs to Wonderlust Burger Bar. I mean, there's something for just about everybody's palate. Now, there are a few downsides. If you're one of those germaphobe people, which I am not, the publicly placed iPads that are used for ordering may be a bit off-putting. And also, not every single establishment accepts cash. If you're technically challenged, the ordering system might be a bit kludgy at first. You place your order on a tablet, which includes entering your phone number, and I guarantee you that somebody is harvesting those area codes to know where you came from. Then you get a printed receipt that you take over to one of the self-checkout stations, scan your receipt, slide your credit card, and wait for a text message letting you know that your food's done. As the youngest resident of Chateau Relaxo prepares for high school graduation, the thoughts of a summer road trip begin to creep in. You know, last summer we took a trip across the state of Virginia, and I'll put, put links in the show notes for that. The year before that, it was a 1,200-mile odyssey up through uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee, visiting and dropping off used books at the various little free libraries. Not sure where this summer is going to lead us to, but with a few things at hand, I know that we'll have a successful trip. So what do you need for a successful road trip? Well, first, you need a solid sled, and I'm not talking about a 1977 Mercury Marquis Uncle Buck special. I mean, you need something that's mechanically sound including functioning AC. Remember, it's summer. Comfort's a, a must. I mean, at Chanteau Relaxo, we roll with two main rides. We've got a 2010 Bentley Continental Super Sport, and I've got a 2018 Range Rover Sport. Haha, <laughs> gotcha. No, honestly, we've got a couple of Jeep SUVs and the recent addition of a Ford Don't Stop Believing Journey Escape. Checks all those solid sled boxes. You know, of course, do all the normal maintenance that Dad told you about while you're growing up, tires, fluids, etc., and you should be ready to roll. Now, one of the first things that's important to me for a road trip is the appropriate selection of music, and I'm not relying on terrestrial radio because the coverage is going to be spotty when you're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, most everybody's got a smartphone, and most apps allow you to put together some kind of a musical playlist. Now, a couple of uh, the choices I have from my sample list is, first, the system, Don't Disturb the Groove. This was a 1980 road trip special with me and the boys. My all-time favorite song in the world, the Dave Matthews Band, Gray Street. Joan Osborne, Ladder. Uh, another one of my favorites is Toto, Pamela. Just fortunately enough, saw them in concert late last year. And one that throws me back to my childhood with my parents was Neil Diamond, Holly Holy. You know, so much of my uh, playlist is inspired by past road trips with my parents. I'm with my friends, some with my kids, and hopefully I'll add to it with my grandkids as they come around. So what's a road trip without snacks, right? And this can get really kind of tricky. You've got to find a balance between being able to eat, controlling the car, and not making a mess getting food all over yourself. For instance, I won't eat tacos while I'm driving. Too messy. I love a good public sub, but the last thing I want to be doing is biting through one of those Italian loaves of bread and having crumbs all over me. Oftentimes, gas stations is the best place to stock up, believe it or not. Look for a pilot or a flying J as they sell most everything snackable on the road. So here's the disclaimer, provided you're not gluten or lactose intolerant, equipped with a nut allergy, been blessed with high blood pressure and or diabetes, and have decided not to go vegan, the foods below should sustain you till you get to your destination. First on the list is beef jerky and Slim Jims. 
actually make that any processed meat product that's wrapped in plastic that does not need refrigeration. The positives, these things are high in protein, easy to eat, and little or no mess. The negatives, high in salt, and the smell might offend passengers, which might actually be a positive depending on who's in the car with you. Here's a side note. Gas station beef jerky can get really expensive. Check out Amazon or your local uh, Costco or Sam's Club. Most every gas station will have a rack lined with Little Debbie snacks. From oatmeal pies to cosmic brownies, there's something for everybody. My favorite is the Nutty Buddy or anything from their zebra collection. The positive, these things are as tasty as it gets. They're inexpensive, easy to hold, and almost never expire. And don't forget their seasonal offerings, especially the fall party cakes. The negatives is these things are packed with sugar and actually not the most filling. So if you happen to slam down four or five, keep an eye on that calorie count. My personal favorite, roller food. I mean, those tasty cylindrical tubes of nutrition. I mean, looking for a snack of an egg roll, a tamale hot dog, or a taquito while driving 75 mile an hour, roller foods have it. Grab those tongs and pluck you up a couple of these babies. The upside, they're cheap, usually not much more than a dollar, and plus they actually taste pretty good and are relatively filling. I mean, where else can you eat from three different food ethnicities all in a single stop? The negatives, be careful if you load up any of these things with salsa, ketchup, or mustard. It's very easy to end up with a goopy mess in your lap. Here's a tip. Stay away from anything that's not rolling. A sure sign that the bottom side of it is more than likely overcooked and burnt. Let's move on to packing, right? Since you're going to be in a car, it's really easy to overpack. Resist the urge. You never know what you're going to come across, and you won't have room to put it in the car and take it back with you. In the case of our little free library road trip, the car got progressively emptier at each stop. A couple things that I always consider packing is sunscreen. You know, a summer road trip isn't just about sitting in the car and riding. You want to get out, check out stuff. And if you're like me and lacking a lot of hair on the upper part of your head, sunscreen is a must hat and sunglasses, pretty much self-explanatory. A packable raincoat's a good idea, especially with a hood. Umbrellas are for rubes. Spend a hundred bucks on a nice North Face uh, packable hooded raincoat and you'll be more than happy. Last on the agenda is how to decide where to go. I mean, much of this depends on where you're starting from. When we lived in South Florida, it took almost seven hours just to get out of the state. I mean, that's almost a road trip in itself. Or do you plan to fly to a destination, rent a car, and take off from there? There are endless sources of inspiration. If you're in the South, Southern Living routinely posts articles on road trips. Looking for something in the middle of the country? Check out 303 Magazine Suggestions. For last year's Virginia road trip, flying into Richmond made sense both geographically and financially. You know, we were flying on Southwest Points for me and the companion pass for my wife, so that was a no-brainer. We knew we wanted to visit Monticello hike on the Appalachian, and also see Colonial Williamsburg. And on a map, these destinations formed almost a complete loop, bringing us back to Richmond. From there, it was a combination of Google and Yelp. Google, what to do near Charlottesville? Well, that resulted in several wineries, two of which were Dave Matthews and Trump Winery. When we searched for things to do around Shenandoah National Park, it came back with the Luray Caverns. As for Williamsburg, we knew we wanted to make sure we hit all the high points, so another Google search gave us those results. You know, we knew we didn't want to drive more than four hours in a day, so we booked hotels accordingly along the way. Here's a major road warrior tip. As adventurous as it sounds, rolling into town and then looking for a hotel is a giant cup of suck. Always have your hotel rooms booked. 
you also always have to have an adventurous mind. I mean, we left Charlottesville before noon. We were we were sampling wine at 10.30 in the morning, but we booked out before noon, and I used Yelp to search for breweries close by. That led us to Devil's Backbone Base Camp Brew Pub, which was a great place right next to the AT. It was a phenomenal little uh, facility. Tons of free beer, delicious, not free beer, tons of different beer and delicious food. On our way to Shenandoah, and hike on the Appalachian, we found ourselves in Staunton, Virginia, and that's where we came across the Woodrow Wilson Presidential Library and Museum. I mean, who knew that was there? But again, you have to have that adventurous mind. Those unscheduled trips are what makes a road trip count. You know, the same thing kind of happened when we were leaving the Luray Caverns. Just down the road, we came across Cooter's Place, a tribute and store celebrating the Dukes of Hazzard TV show, and it was owned and operated by none other than Cooter himself, Ben Jones. You know, I was a child of the 80s, so I felt that I had to stop there and have miraculously left without buying a, a single thing. Apologize for the airplanes. When we made it to Williamsburg, we used Yelp to locate nearby antique shops, and this was a true win because we ended up with a small piece of art that completed our musical wall in the office. Here's another tip. If you find yourself picking up little trinkets along the way and you don't feel like packing them back home in your bags, Go to the post office, and for less than 20 bucks, you can get a box that you can fill with whatever you want. We actually use our dirty clothes to cushion some of the load. But for 20 bucks, you can send a box back home with two-day shipping, and oftentimes it'll be home before you make it. I've posted about Google Trips in the past, and I'm beginning to see some real value in it. You know, now they have offered the ability for you to save places that you can use it to jog your memory. There's also a very helpful need-to-know section, which has information on local hospitals, uh, docking the boxes as well as guidelines for tipping, hotel staff, etc. for the area that you're in. You know, with just an evening or two of planning, you can put together a truly memorable road trip. You know, when we travel, we always try to avoid the chain restaurants and eat local. You know, we try to eat something we've never had before. Talk to the hotel staff, talk to the people at the gas station, and I guarantee you that they will not steer you wrong. If you're barreling down the interstate, you see a billboard for the Rattlesnake Roundup, Get off the interstate and check it out. It's amazing the things that you will find in this country. Just remember, keep an adventurous mind. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening, and safe travels. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.